It's fall 2020 and school's back in session. The hallways are empty, the cafeteria is closed, and the playground is silent. Traffic is non-existent. Roads are empty, it's a ghost town, because everyone is at home. It's COVID-19, a global pandemic. Welcome to the aftermath. It's a year later and we've all coped with the fact that the COVID-19 virus isn't going anywhere. So what are the effects from the past year? Are people still in hiding? How has education continued? How are people still paying for expenses? We are here to dive deep into those questions and more. I'm Kenzie Wilkinson, joined with Brooke Williams, Jaylene Gilstrap, and Brian Priest. We just wanted to share our stories about what the pandemic was when it initially started and what we experienced and what we're still experiencing today. Go back to March 12, 2020, about a year and a half ago now, mass shutdowns of businesses, schools were on the verge of suspending classes. I think we all experienced significant mid-semester change here at the University of Utah or whatever schools we were going to at the time. But everything was about to change. We just didn't really know how the change was going to take place and how it would impact us. Jaylene, let's start with you. Where were you in life? What precautions did you take? Well, I was still home in Texas, Dallas, Texas, and it was my senior year of high school. And it initially started in the beginning of March. My dad, he traveled to actually China, very close to where the virus started. Oh, wow. And he said that his coworkers were telling him about this awful virus. And he's like, it's going to come to America and we need to be more careful about who we're seeing and stuff. I remember March 11th, it was when it started, cases were being found in America. And he was like, you know, your mom, she's really at risk. She has a bunch of underlying conditions. I don't think you can go to practice. And me being like gymnastics my whole life, I was coming to university for gymnastics. I can't just skip on gymnastics practice mm-hmm. for a virus that's not even affecting me. Mm-hmm. There was like this big argument and he's like, I don't care. I'm telling you this virus is bad and you're not going. He texted my coach and was like, she's not going to practice. And at the time, my best friend's mom had died. And they think it was the coronavirus. And it was hard because I've never had anything impact gymnastics. It's always like you sick with the flu, you go to practice still. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not even sick. Why can't I go? Wow. I think that's part of the problem that so many people are dealing with. I'm not sick. Why do I have to do all of this? Brooke, what about you? Where were you at? What was going on in your life? It was spring break at the University of Utah. Um, We never went back to classes after that. Um, But I was actually in New York on the 11th and 12th. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was on a flight home. And on my flight home, I was scrolling Twitter and I saw that... Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz tested positive, and then it was all these other NBA players that tested positive, and and it was like kind of spooky. It was like, oh shit, it's in Utah, it's getting like the big people now. Wow. I remember Rudy Gobert testing positive was really like the turning point, at least for Utah, I think, because I got home a few hours later, and the next morning, work told me not to come in. And I actually had the next month and a half off of work because it was retail. It was at a Nike store. They didn't want us going in. They didn't want us touching people. And it was just, it was crazy. They paid us, which thank goodness, because I don't know what I would have done with a month and a half without a job. Little did I know that was just the beginning of everything closed down, you know? Kenzie, what about you? I might have a slightly different perspective on this whole pandemic than everyone, but I think I owe it to you guys and to our listeners to be 
honest about my experiences. I come from Salem, Utah. It's a small town, originally a farm town. Now it's mostly just a commuter town, but it's it's different than living in a city. I was at Disneyland with my family and we were supposed to go to Disneyland on Saturday, but it just shut down. We had a um, starter journey back home and I knew I wouldn't be going home to my college dorm. I had to stop and pack everything up and go back home to my farm town. And then just watching my family navigate it versus like Salt Lake City, how they navigated it, it's just like completely different mm-hmm. because a lot of people, they just, they don't give a shit. They don't care. Like they're not going to wear masks. I think there was maybe not even like a month where you had to even wear a mask in Salem. Like you didn't, like it wasn't required. Mm-hmm. It was just how it was down there. And when I had to come back up to Salt Lake for school, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, everyone wear a mask. Everyone's taking these precautions. It's just kind of hard to know, like, what to believe. Um, So from there, for me, it was talking to actual doctors because I think there's just so much fake news and fake media out there, and it was really hard to know who to go to and who to listen to, and that was really challenging and caused definitely some contention with my family because we all had, like, different perspectives on what we should do and what precautions we should be taking. And I did. I had to, like, talk to doctors, and I just kind of had to form my opinion for myself and do what I thought was best for me and what was going to keep me and my family safe it was interesting and i think i'm still learning um and still trying to research you know Mm -hmm. as we all are probably you know as we move on here and we've already touched on this a little bit has this experience changed your daily routine and are any of those changes still in place for you yeah i would say i had a lot of changes and still have a lot of changes to my life one of the biggest changes that affected me was my dad traveled all the time. He would travel each week from Sunday through Thursday. And so like his traveling stopped and like I really got to spend time, probably the most time I've ever got to spend with him over from March 20 until I went to college. That was very nice. We stayed at home and it was just really family time that I at the time didn't like because I wanted to be with my friends. But looking yeah. back, I feel like that was some of like the best times of my life, mm-hmm. just being every day with my family, yeah. waking up, cooking breakfast together, just like little things like that. Going to college, that was a whole new, because it was a whole new environment. Everything was different. And coming to a team I didn't even know and like didn't really get to know. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, you couldn't do the normal off-season, get to know each other, go yeah. on a trip type of a thing, no, right? No, I, I couldn't get to know the team even when I got here. I was like alone because I lived alone in the dorms. Mm. It was crazy because normally like when our freshmen came in, we went out together and mm-hmm. we like went to an apartment and just got some pizza and hung out and got to know each other yeah we didn't have that last year my coach is like very paranoid about diseases and stuff so he like put dots on the floor to where we could stand we had like six feet dots and then we had like group changes where we had to walk a specific direction and wow. we had mats on beams we weren't using and then we had to spray down at least 30 minutes after someone touched something, they'd spray it down and you had to wait 30 more minutes wow. to touch it. Looking back to gym last year, it was so crazy. Like all the precautions, each rotation we'd go and wash our hands and masks were mandatory, which that was a huge adjustment. Learning yeah. to do gymnastics with mm-hmm. a mask, we looked down a lot and the mask was disrupting our vision. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the mask would go up into our eyes. Like it was kind of dangerous. I'm not gonna lie. You was... still have to wear masks to practice? No, we all got vaccinated. So now we don't have to wear masks. Nice. I'm pretty sure I got COVID tested at least 65 times last oh year. Oh my God. We'd get it yeah. weekly, More sometimes twice a week. Yeah. COVID's just so strange because any symptom you can imagine, 
COVID right. could be associated with Absolutely. it. So it doesn't matter what you're feeling. If you feel off, is it COVID? Right. Yeah. Going off of there, I kind of have a question. What was your biggest fear? Was it that you have underlying conditions and you were afraid you were going to get COVID and not recover? Was it that you were going to pass it to your teammates? What is it that has scared you guys the most? For me, it was, particularly it was Drum Corps International. I spent years and years and years training for this position. I went and auditioned. I got the contract. And then, sure enough, it got canceled. And so I lost that year. And you can only do it until you're 21. So... I didn't only lose that year, but that was a third of my entire drum corps career. And I finally got to March in 2021, but it wasn't competitive. So like, it was really interesting how they handled it. You can't get those things back, those opportunities, and those certain things that were at that time and only that time only. You know? mm-hmm. That was my biggest fear was like, I was going to lose things that were important to me. I was to say my biggest fear was, it's actually kind of funny. So March 11th, my wife and I were sitting down she, we were engaged at the time, and we were sitting down with my best friend who was going to be our officiant. And we made dinner. We were going to sit in front of the jazz game that night against Oklahoma City and plan the what how we wanted him to approach being the officiant. And then the game is postponed, and then Rudy's tested positive. And I'm, I'm still in the mindset, I'm like, well, we still have a wedding to plan. Like, we're not changing that. My foster mom had just been diagnosed with cancer a few months earlier and wasn't sure how long she was going to have so it's like we're not changing the wedding it's set for this date i need my foster mom to be there it's my dog's birthday it's a saturday everything's perfect for it so my biggest fear was i didn't want to put anybody in a position where they felt obligated to come to my wedding Mm -hmm. and not feel comfortable Mm -hmm. so i didn't invite anybody I invited my foster parents, and my sister asked if she could come. And I didn't invite anybody else. That was my fear. I don't want to, one, put anybody else in a position where they could get sick, and two, I don't want you to feel responsible and feel like you're obligated to come if you don't feel Mm -hmm. comfortable. Like, that's the last thing I want. Well, it was kind of like a training thing for you, too. It was then or never, you know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I would say I had a bunch of different fears depending on where I was. Like at home, when we were in real strict, like I don't go anywhere, I stay at home. We don't get food, we order everything online. And it was more so getting my mom sick. Mm-hmm. Like when I started going to practice, I was scared I was going to get my mom sick because she has so many underlying conditions. I didn't know if she could last through COVID. And then when I came to college, like that big chunk of stress and pressure I felt like was lifted because I'm like, I'm young, I'm healthy. I feel like I can get through COVID. And I never know, you never know, but I felt more comfortable about seeing people. Each phase of my life was different. And I'd say now it's like the most relaxed I've been because now I'm vaccinated. Our team's kind of relaxed. I've got a couple more questions. What have you learned about yourself during the pandemic? And kind of a risky question. What do you think you've learned about other people? (laughs) That is a little bit of a risky question. The biggest thing I've learned is how powerful the fear is. Mm -hmm. How easily that fear can spread and how it can essentially ruin people's lives and that for me was the scariest thing was watching my grandparents be too scared to come around well one set the other set they didn't they could have not cared less about the pandemic and they were people who needed to care um because they're older uh-huh. but just watching how it fast it changed and restructured our society how it restructured our economy how it restructured social relationships 
college, elementary schools, everything. Just realizing how fast things can change. And so for me, I just decided that I wouldn't take for granted the opportunities that I had, whether Mm -hmm. it was being able to study and not having people scared to come up and talk to me and have a face-to-face conversation or being willing to meet in person, being grateful that I have grandparents that are still alive who I can go see now anytime and who I can be around. Just not taking for granted going to concerts and just the little things and the little yeah. experiences. I, I am a person who I just, I can't let that fear stop me from living my life because if I were to die from COVID, I would be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. perfectly fine with it if I had spent the last year living inside my house, mm-hmm. not talking to people, not, you know, not con- like being in control of my life. Yeah. So there's just kind of certain risk factors that I've had to decide and work through in my mind. And at the end of the day, do everything I can to live my life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jamie? Yeah, going off of that, I would say is to cherish every moment in life is one thing I've learned. Cherish your family, your friends, because you never know. Like, I would have never predicted that a pandemic would hit and change my life. I don't think anyone could have predicted that. It's just cherishing the moments, the little things in life, the things that used to annoy me, family and stuff, that they're... You never know what can happen. You never know mm-hmm. what illnesses can hit. And just cherishing every minute you have with people. I know now that I'm really much a people person. And the pandemic really affected me. Like not being able to see the people I love. Yeah. Um, when it all started, it was like a really chaotic time in my life. I think it was, it was honestly kind of a blessing for me to go into quarantine. Because I needed that sit down and just figure myself out time like I didn't know I wanted, what I wanted to do with my life I didn't know what hobbies I liked because I was so busy working in school I didn't mm-hmm. even have time to go do these things that I wanted to do right during that time like I discovered a lot about myself things that make me happy and it in turn made me want to pursue those things and it's really dramatically changed my path already at the time I was studying math and education now I've gone back to my roots in journalism and here I am doing a podcast, right? So <laughs> for me, it was a lot of self-discovery and learning about myself, learning how I cope with things where I actually had time to sit down and feel what I was feeling for once. Progression and self-discovery for me and I'm like a completely different person than I was in a good way. As far as other people go, like I was working at both Nike and Harmons, right? So I got to see the crowd who still wanted to go buy their shoes on a Tuesday afternoon, right? And then I was also seeing the crowd who was buying groceries for their mom because they're so scared and they're sanitizing the cans and the bags as I'm passing them down the belt. And it was really interesting to see this dynamic of people are changing every aspect of their life for this. And then there's other people who just didn't change anything. And I, I kind of admired both of them because some people were going to extensuous lengths for the people that they love to make things happen for them so that they could still do what they needed to do during the pandemic. And then there were others that, like Kenzie, they weren't going to let it stop them from doing what they love to do, mm-hmm. which is awesome, I think. What I learned about other people was that fear will, in fact, drive them nuts. And they, mm-hmm. will, they will forget that other people exist and they will be horrible people I don't know if it was like a life or death mindset because it's COVID and it could kill you maybe but people got rude with each other and with the poor folks working at the freaking grocery store making Mm -hmm. minimum wage you know like during this time where we all need each other and we all need to get through this together people would still bat at each other you know that's what I learned 
about other people, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. needed the most unity and it was so, we were all so divided and yeah. it was just kind yeah. of every man for himself where I'm like, yeah, you could exactly. die, but you could die in a car crash, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. For me, similar to you, Brooke, it gave me a chance to slow down. Life mm-hmm. has a tendency to just move so fast when you're in school and you're working and, you know, everything's going on and you just, you don't let yourself sit back and relax and appreciate things and learn about yourself. So often I was just doing what I was supposed to do and what I yeah. felt like my obligations were, but I wasn't enjoying what I was doing with life. And so one of the things that, that I learned is just, I wasn't going to just sit in my basement and live in fear the entire time, but there were ways that I could reorganize my life and still do the things that I enjoyed while still being cautious and worrying about other people so like working from home was awesome because my wife and i were able to go camping almost every weekend and we did zions we did arches and canyon lands and random campouts. and i'd like almost every weekend we were doing simple stuff like that and we developed a routine where once we both get home and we're done with work and everything for the evening whether that be you know, five o'clock, whether that be nine o'clock, whatever it is, we put the phones away and we appreciate each other's company rather than sitting in the living room on the couch with the TV on and both of us on our phones doing nothing, Mm -hmm. maybe a very passive conversation. Mm -hmm. I've learned to take advantage of the things that I care about and that I appreciate. And I don't say take advantage in in a negative way, take advantage of really throw myself into that. That's something that I've learned, you know, about others during the pandemic, just perspective is everything where you come from how you see the world is going to dictate how you approach the pandemic and everything involved with it that's that's just how it's going to be and there's not i don't think there's a wrong way to handle it you know how any of us have done it and how we've gone about our our daily lives it's difficult and we need to be more understanding of others been a good conversation like we all know each other a little bit better now i had one question for you guys something from the pandemic that has started playing a role in my life is like nostalgia during this time you know like certain smells that make me think of this time or like for me it was that tequila gee, <laughs> gross hand sanitizer that came with made by the breweries know? and yeah. stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. they're like oh nope i don't like that one exactly exactly <laughs> anytime i smell that i just get these oh flashbacks to working and like getting chemical burns on my hands and sanitizers and i wanted to know if you guys had anything like that that like just kind of reminds you of this time, whether it's like music or... When I go to games, it reminds me because I was in the room when Rudy touched all the microphones. I had no problem with it. I was not I was not upset at the time because that's who Rudy is as a person. And it was him saying, hey, I'm in this with you guys and we can still have fun. Obviously, it didn't turn out very well, but I go to games. It reminds me of that and yeah. just being mm-hmm. around people and having that taken away from me for so long, but I'm still like, ooh, yeah. trigger, trigger. Yeah, I don't know. This is just reminds me of like quarantine. It's like Tiger King when it came out on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. And then the coffee that you like make, you know, the coffee that is fluffy coffee. Oh, uh, which coffee? Yeah, which coffee? Yes. That's the name. You like certain TikTok audio sounds that will come up. A reminder of a quarantine. Interesting. Yeah, like Savage and stuff like that. <laughs> 
that you can... Uh, my, this is a good question, something I haven't really thought about, but I'd have to say the traffic because during oh, yeah. the pandemic, <laughs> I still traveled a lot to like northern Utah and southern Utah. I would drive a lot and there was no traffic. I could get somewhere in like 25 minutes. Normally it's like an hour drive. Now there's all the weekend traffic and it takes me forever to get home or forever to go visit my family up north. Oh, I hate this traffic. And it's like for a second, I'm like, I wish we could, you know, go back to the pandemic when no one was on the roads. And I'm like, no, I don't wish that. No. You know, and I like, as much as I hate sitting in traffic, I just have to be grateful that people are out and that I can go visit my family and that mm-hmm. I don't have to stay home. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. be there for me. There you go. That's awesome. Brooke, I know that your sister Alexis is a healthcare worker and I know she's had some life-changing experiences. Could you give us a little rundown on her? Yeah, actually, I got the opportunity to talk to her in depth about this. As I was thinking about our topic since COVID, I've really admired her ability to stay motivated and to help people and continue her own study and practice when she was just thrown into this crazy time where she's not only trying to learn everything as a medicine student about, you know, medicine as we know it, but even things that we don't know amidst this new virus and having to learn and even do her own research within medicine advancement. As a student, she had this really awfully lucky timing that was both amazing and terrifying that she had to keep her cool around patients while she was trying to help them, but she was having her own fears in her own mind and her story was really unique that way. I was really excited to talk to her about it. So without further ado. So Alexis, you're working as a pharmacy, a PharmD intern at the U? Yeah. We just kind of went around the table asking where we were, you know, when we realized that we were in for it with this whole pandemic thing. Um, do you remember that moment? What was that like for you? I was still an undergrad at the time, just finishing my undergrad. I was in my medical microbiology class, the class where we learn about germs and viruses and stuff. And my professor started studying it and he was telling us how he was starting to study it. He was showing us pictures of it and telling us about the family of coronaviruses and all about it. And that's when I was like, why is my professor studying? You know, like he's studying it. Like it's, it's here. It's coming. It's coming. We're preparing for it already. He's getting a head start. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did too, is he had a he had a head start on it at the U. It was kind of cool, but yeah. Yeah, that's interesting that you were like learning about that and then it suddenly became super applicable in your life right then, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so on that note, you were also working at the hospital during that time, yes? Yes. Um, how was that? What can you describe like a typical day, things that kept happening um, that were pandemic related that maybe didn't happen before? What was that like for you? Everything change not everything i can't say everything you know our procedures didn't change you know we were always supposed to wash our hands before and after every patient we're supposed to do these things but you know like security changed no visitors were allowed we couldn't even have friends or family come get lunch with us um those things changed we the hospital as a whole started facing a lot of sick calls um a lot of job quitting um and just overall, there was a short staffing because no one, we did not have the staff ready to take care of a pandemic. You know, we had the staff for a normal life, lifetime, not a pandemic. And it's, just, it's not easy to get new hires, let alone keep the staff that you do have. So there was just, there's just, and there's still this day, it's just shortages of everybody at the hospital. Right. And going to work has been different. You can't. 
we can't just go in through our normal employee entrances. We have to go through one of the two main entrances, whether it's down on the south or the north side. Um, those like things like that have changed. Who is allowed to go on what floors have changed. Um, because, you know, they don't want everyone going to the second floor where there's babies and right. expecting mothers. Right. And no one wants to go to the COVID floor. They don't want you to go to the COVID floor. So that's changed. A lot of things changed. So the COVID floor, when did that become a thing? It was really quickly a thing, and it was a very makeshift, impulsive decision. And it was a mm-hmm. unit that was for um, recovering surgery patients, transplant patients. It was a, a medicine floor where people, you know, people were. Yeah. It wasn't an empty area. It right. was being used, and we had to move those rooms, clear that unit out, and it became the COVID unit. And so people who needed surgeries or recovering from surgeries um, that were there suddenly moved to different units. It's crazy how they had to do that so quickly, especially because there's nothing else like that. There's not like a flu unit or like a certain cancer unit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Um, how were the procedures different on the COVID floor versus the rest of them? What was your experiences on the COVID floor? You couldn't just, you know, on a normal floor, you can go up the stairs, go up the elevator, walk into the unit. Hey, what's up? You can wear what you're wearing, your normal scrubs. You can have your phone on your, in your pocket. You can have your Apple Watch on. You can have earrings in. You can be wearing your glasses. You can have your hair down and not in a ponytail. And then the COVID unit, it's like, nope. Papper on this big astronaut looking helmet on no watch no phones no nothing you get in your suit you get in your gown you get in the gloves you sweat and so that that's a big change it's just you're not comfortable uh-huh. and you know and it's just small things like that I don't have my apple watch it, it, like, I feel weird it, I don't have my phone in my pocket that's weird to me like I just it, you're very uncomfortable and you're very in a hot uniform hot protective gear um helmet blowing air into it and everyone is in them and it's just I don't want to say in a way dehumanizing but it's it it takes away like how you can identify people and interact with people you know the masks you have to wear the mask you can't see facial expressions I mean you can see obviously stress and sadness in everyone's eyes Mm -hmm. but like you can't really see you know who they are right and you're, they're your own coworkers, and then your patients can't see you for who you are either. Right. They just see this really scary looking thing. It so is. that's been different too. It is dehumanizing, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you lose that kind of connection with them. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, how did you keep your cool so that you could help people without letting your fear get in the way of that? It's kind of an instinct that you have when you're a healthcare worker. Since I've been in the healthcare system for so long as a CNA, med tech, pharmacy tech, and now I'm a pharmacy intern, mm-hmm. I've just, it's been the instinct that they need help. I'm the one who's going to help them. They don't have anyone else. Right. It's me. You just go in and you get it done. When you're in the moment, you don't think about it. But when you're at home, when you're going to work, when you're on your lunch break, come home from work, you think about it. And it, and it hits you and it's weird and it's scary and you're like, do I have COVID? Am I going to get it? Like, what do I, what's the risk? Yeah. And you think about it afterwards, but at the moment, you don't care. You right. just have to go, you just go in and you take care of it. You just do your job. Yeah. Wow. Moving on from that, um, you were not only working, but you were also studying medicine at the time. And 
since then you've gone past your undergrad to pharmacy school. Mm-hmm. What is um, unique in your experience being a student during this time that medical advancements are being made and there's so much unknown where you're trying to learn what is known and also what we don't know, you know, and like mm-hmm. doing your own research on your own time. Can you tell me a little bit about that? It's been cool that our curriculum has been so kind of, not COVID-based, but COVID has been played such a heavy part in our curriculum. We've been taught what we do know about it, the virus, the vaccine, just we've been taught so much. And, you know, it, it plants a seed in us where we want to know more. Mm-hmm. And so it's played a large part in, the I think, the development and the treatment, especially because there's so many students that are medicine and pharmacy that are that are playing role, big roles in this pandemic and treating the patients at the hospital. Right. You know, my professor was one of the people who helped develop the vaccine and he's the one developing the IVs that, with the antibodies that treat it. And mm-hmm. it, with the help of his students, he's been able to do that. And it's cool and it's weird. I, I always like wonder, like, is there something that else that I'm missing out on or that I'm not learning as much of because COVID right. is taking such the center stage? But I mean, it's it's really important to learn as of now. So I mean, I'm I can't I'm not complaining about it. But so your one professor that you said helped develop the vaccine, mm-hmm. in a way, you could say that you kind of helped with that as like he kind of put some responsibility on you guys as students to help him mm-hmm. help you. Yeah, we had sense. a lot of discussions in class about it, and we would ask him questions that he didn't think of. And, you know, plant ideas in his head. If it's not, you know, our the exact idea that we give him, we, we give him something to bounce off of and, mm-hmm. and develop. It's been fun-ish. Is <laughs> fun the right word to it's, use? I mean... Interesting. It's been interesting. Yeah. It's very unique. I mean, nobody else, no other generation gets to yeah. really experience that. except And nobody yeah. could have seen this coming. You right. had to be where you were right then right. to get this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with Brian earlier about timing and how it was just a luck of the draw thing and how you got so ridiculously lucky in a both an incredible and horrible way with this. Another thing that we got talking about earlier was like lost opportunities and things that we weren't able to have because of COVID. I started pharmacy school. I got accepted into pharmacy school in the middle of the pandemic. Which, before you get too far... Even that part was changed. Is that correct? You had like test days moved because of the pandemic and you I were had, scared you wouldn't get I it? I had my test day, yeah, canceled initially. And, and it was my, my PCAT, my pharmacy college acceptance exam thing. And they literally canceled it. They didn't even say to reschedule it. They just canceled it over the summer. And I was supposed to take that and that's when I was supposed to get into school. And I talked to the pharmacy school and they're like, well, we don't know. We don't, we don't know what to tell you yet. Everything was just on hold. I just, I didn't know. I had just kind of started assuming I was going to start school the next year. Mm-hmm. And then last minute, you know, they opened up an exam frame and I had like two days from when they told me the exams were going to open from mm-hmm. when I into when I took the exam. Right. And I hadn't been studying all summer. I was like, okay, well, this got, it got canceled, you know, yeah. for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And so I, I went in and did my best. Got accepted into pharmacy school. And then when I got into pharmacy school, every other class ever, they all got to have their white coat ceremony in the Rice Eccles Tower. It's a big deal, big, elegant, you know, event. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get that. We got a... <laughs> pre-recorded zoom video 
and we had to submit videos of ourselves putting on our white coat. And it was so cheesy and so dumb. It wasn't special. No one's eyes were lit up, you know, right. like like they are for a white coat ceremony. Our professors tried to make the best of it. They made really good speeches in that Zoom meeting, but like I watched it at home on the couch with wow. my dogs and cat alone. I wasn't with my classmates. I haven't met all my classmates. Hadn't at the time. And so that was really hard. It was a really lonely time to be in a professional school, being with the same 50 students in every class and not knowing them. Mm -hmm. the, that was a big thing that the pharmacy students faced. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like that's another... Takes us back to the timing where right time, right place, it's vice a versa. defining yeah. moment in medicine, you know, for students to be going through... A professional school a healthcare system science like this it's it's really you really get to see how important it is mm -hmm. how valuable you are and what you know that a lot of people don't know and what you understand that so many people don't and it not not to say that it makes you feel better than anyone but it makes you feel useful like you do have a purpose that you are in the right spot at the right time that I am here I'm supposed to be doing this mm -hmm. it's given me a lot of a purpose that way the hardest thing is the burnout. At first, I, would, I if you would have asked me a year ago, I would say it's the fear, but now it's, we're sick of how, we, how we've had to adapt to learning online. I mean, and now that we're in person again, it's, 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 still, it's still fine, but the pandemic's still going on. We're right. still having to face it at work. We're still facing it in our studies. It's still very much here. It was really in the spring. The weather's getting warmer. Everything's getting better. You know, sun is out more in the day and you're still stuck inside waiting for everyone to get vaccinated. At that point where we were in that spring and summer, it was like, there is no reason for us to still be in this position, yet we're still in this position. Right. And it, it gets exhausting knowing, I mean, having the education you have, you know that there's a solution there and it's just, yeah, it's exactly. right there, but we're not grabbing it. Exactly. Speaking of that solution, you were one of the first ever to receive a COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. You were also administering the vaccine almost immediately after. I was so excited. I And I didn't expect to get it the very first day. You know, December 17th, we, the very first day that the vaccine was here in Utah, my very first vaccine was this ER um, medic girl. She was a CNA and a EMT. And she sat down, and I had just had, like, my coffee, jittery, shaky, on an empty stomach, right. 7 a.m., no sleep. College teens. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm so shaky with this needle. But once it became, once it came time to actually give it, I, everything was so still and so calm. She was smiling, holding still, everything was so perfect, and her friends were like, ah, you know, so excited. And she was so excited, and I gave it to her, and she just started crying and she hugged me thanked me took pictures with me you know Aww. tagged me on instagram she was so cute and that whole day it was just so happy and i didn't think i was gonna get the vaccine that day but there was like this moment in between and they're like well do you want to just get it right now and i was like oh yeah and i roll my sleeve and i'm like yeah my classmate liam gave me my shot and we we all exchanged giving each other our shots and it was it was really fun that was a really good day. That's awesome. Yeah. How was your experiences? Have you had anybody who was maybe hesitant with you and you had to comfort them on getting the vaccine? I did not really have to comfort anybody. They knew, you know, they're healthcare mm -hmm. workers. They trusted the vaccine. If they didn't know the exact science like I do, they trusted 
the science. Right. They knew that they could do it because this is what we do. Right. We do vaccines every day. What, not even COVID. We do tetanus, you know, MMR. Yeah. We do all these vaccines every day to everybody. They trust it. They've seen it work. But when it came to patients in the hospital, um, that's been our current, not struggle, but kind of our current project is making sure that trying to get everyone there vaccinated. You know, I go in and I talk to the patients. Have you received the COVID vaccine? Yes. No. No. Would you like one? The struggle right now is it's a very polarized answer. It's either, yes, I got my vaccine like eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Got both doses. And like when it's a cancer patient or a transplant patient, they say, yep, I just got my booster shot last week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other people that are like, hell no. <laughs> you know, like a cancer patient spoke to me that way about it like two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, okay. You yeah. know, like it's in healthcare, we believed in informed decisions, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's sad that they're not informed that way or right. if they have other things that it's another sad thing that i see with the vaccines and administering them nowadays is if a patient is in the hospital and their family is in the room mm-hmm. and we are asking them about it you can see the hesitancy in some of these patients and they say no because their family is there oh that's horrible mm-hmm. yeah so it's not necessarily that they're scared of the vaccine itself it's more maybe it more has to do with stigmas around it and what people are saying and the people yeah. who aren't educated and right. how that flows around it sounds like the vaccine era has been a really memorable time for you especially like when you got the vaccine when you started uh, administering them as well um to wrap up here what maybe i talked to the others about some things that make this time such a nostalgic period in our lives and uh, so memorable. And my answer was the smell of tequila and the smell of alcohol and the day after (laughs) alcohol of that shitty hand sanitizer that they would just mass produce in distilleries, right? So that smell always throws me back to that time. What, What kind of reminds you of those days when you were all excited to get the vaccine? So I think there's like just so many little things. I went to the store the other day and bought toilet paper. And the toilet paper that I prefer was on the shelf. And I was like, I don't have to fight someone in the hallway for toilet paper. <laughs> I think it's just every little, like there's just daily subtle reminders, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not near as bad as what it used to be. It's just right. little daily subtle reminders. The fact that I get to go to class in person. Mm-hmm. And meet my classmates and mm-hmm. yeah, those little things. Yeah, if anything, it sounds like we can all agree on, you know, the pandemic has really helped us to appreciate those little things. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for meeting with me today. Um, it's really cool to hear your experiences in the hospital. And we all wish you the best in continuing this. And we're all super proud of you and the work you've done. And we're really excited for you to keep doing it and keep saving lives. Well, thanks for having me. I had a lot of... A lot of fun talking about it. Next episode on The Aftermath, we will be discussing how the pandemic has changed college life. Changes like tuition price, athletes' budget cuts, and the lack of activities and overall fun. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you join next time.